With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He grinds to the 25 to the 21-yard line. Le'Veon Bell was tackled by Eric Weddle, but that was down the field. Today we did a good job of kind of just sticking to the run. You know, the, the gaps and the holes wasn't big at first, you know, in the first half. Even third goal line just kept digging at it, digging at it, and eventually the holes got a little bigger, you know, and I was able to, you know, make some plays. From the 22, play action play. Fake Flacco, he swallowed up, and he sat back at the 15-yard line. Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward came in with one sack on the year. That's his second and a big one. Yager has the puck. Trying to work around Brett Sutter. Does. Comes in around with another man. Comes in the slot. Turns with a backhander. Hey! Shoots and scores! Yager! Yager ties it with a big win! Oh, fuck up, Dano! A great individual play by 68. The Penguins have tied it at four. It just means one game. Uh, you know, they're a good team. They're going to bounce back. They're going to do some good, good things throughout the season. Um, you know, but it's a critical win because the AFC North opponent, uh, you never want to fall behind because these games are very critical to your success. It's time for Saverin on Sports. Well, we don't have to ask the question, whatever happened to Le'Veon Bell anymore? He's been there for every game, but for the first time, he was front and center. The center of the offense. Although the offense didn't make it very easy on him. I'll explain what I mean by that. The defense was dominant. and certainly rebounded from last week. Just goes to show you what a variation can be with basically the same personnel against a different opponent from week to week. Certainly, Stefan Tuitt coming back was a help. Watt, T.J. Watt as well. But by and large, through the first four games of the season, the Steelers' defense, other than a couple laps against Chicago, obviously, has done very well. And my question is today, are they better than what you anticipated? And do they have the potential to actually be a dominating defense? But let's start with, are they better than you anticipated? I think we anticipated or expected that they would be just sort of a sidecar to the Steeler offense. Just don't go out there and kill us like a, like a game manager, quarterback. Don't, don't throw any interceptions. The defense, just get out of the way. Do the best you Maybe they'll be a factor. We're going to talk about all those things. I'm not going to make the Antonio Brown temper tantrum an issue because it doesn't seem to be one for the team, but I do have some thoughts about it. And overall, after a quarter of the season, we're at the quarter pole, 3-1. and one. Not bad. 
Yes, I know they should be 4-0, but 3-1, not bad. And when you look at where they sit in the AFC, everybody is talking about, well, the Patriots, you know, after the Patriots, well, as I've been telling you since the middle of the summer, the Patriots are to be respected. But they're not to be feared. I told you in June, it wouldn't shock me at all if it comes to the Steelers going into Foxborough sometime in late January and beat them. I think the Steelers have the potential to be that good. And the Patriots, who are 2-2, two and two, could very well be 1-3. and three. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the team from nowhere, the San Diego Chargers, L.A. Chargers, La Jolla Chargers. They have no home. Did you ever read that book, or actually it was an essay, I think, uh, Man with No Home or Man with No Country? That was it. That's the Chargers. That's the Chargers. And guess who's back in the NHL? You heard the Armour Yager clip. Guess who's back in the NHL? Tell you where he's going for how much. All ahead on Savern on Sports. Or you get involved on the show, in the show, 412-922-2874, pound 970 on your cell. You can email me, stansavern at iheartmedia.com. You can post on Facebook, Savern on Sports, or you can tweet at Stan Love the Show. Our guest today, Tunch Ilkin, in about 10 minutes or so. Tunch will join us. His thoughts and analysis of the game. At 1.30, Mike Pursuta of the DV Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network. Mike will join us with his thoughts on the game. I know Mike felt that this was a bigger win than maybe we even imagined for any number of reasons. Mike today at 1.30. Le'Veon Bell, I wouldn't say he returned from the dead, but he was more like the Le'Veon Bell that we've been accustomed to seeing. But even with his 144 yards and 180-plus yards in total offense, he was the center point of the offense, the running game overall still is not where it needs to be. It was better. And let's be honest. We always try to be honest in our analysis and evaluation. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens win the game if Brandon Williams played, but it would have made running the ball much more difficult than it was, and even with that, it was still difficult. Yes, the Steelers and Bell gained all those yards, but there were an awful lot of no gains, minus gains, one-yard gain, two-yard gains. And I have to talk and bring into question some of the play calling. Now, let me preface my remarks by telling you or reminding you, I should say, I'm not a big play calling basher because we never seem to talk about the plays that work. I thought that the play calling in the first half, they did some creative things. 
And let me just say, I don't want to get ahead of myself, I thought one of the most significant plays in the entire game was the first third down of the game. Remember, the Ravens had punted the ball down to the Steelers three. Now, here were the Steelers facing a third down conversion. If they don't, they punt from their own end zone. The third down and three. Roethlisberger throws the little shovel pass to Le'Veon Bell. Now, they still have a long way to go, but if they have to punt from there, the Ravens get the ball near midfield. And you saw their offense. They're going to need as much help as they can get. I thought that was a critical part in the game. That led to the 10-minute drive, and even though they didn't finish it off with a touchdown, it set the tone. And even as Joe Flacco said after the game, we have to play from ahead. We, we can't play from behind, and it was only 3 nothing. But that's exactly what they did. They were forced to play from behind, and you make him throw. You want him throwing the ball 40-plus times. That's what they didn't do against Mike Glennon last week. And while the running game was better, it still has its fits and starts. And part of the reason is they're not utilizing the rest of their weapons. Now, they passed the ball 30 times yesterday, threw it 42. That's better than the week before, certainly. But beginning the third quarter, and yeah, they deferred, so they get the ball to start the second half. They start... The second half up 19-0, a nice, I'm going to get to that too, a nice touchdown drive at the end of the half, and yes, partially attributable to the clock management of Mike Tomlin. Yeah, I said it. I know that's shocking. I'll get to all that. But in the third quarter, seven first down plays, all runs. Every single one of them a run for a grand total of 11 yards. In the fourth quarter, they had four first down plays. Three of them were runs for 13 yards. But go back to the third quarter, seven first down plays in the third quarter, seven runs for a total of 11 yards. Baltimore was just waiting for Le'Veon Bell. Now late in the game, They started to wilt a little bit, but I think my only criticism was that the Steelers tried to take the air out of the ball. They were up 19-0. They were trying to take the air out of the ball. Halftime is too early to do that. I realize the Ravens are challenged offensively, but halftime is too early to do that. You've got weapons. I'm not saying throw the ball all over the lot with a 19-0 lead. But I think if you throw on first down, you got the kind of weapons, you back that defense off a little bit. Every time Bell touched the ball, there they were. Seven first down plays, seven runs for a total of 11 yards. Mix it up a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Not throwing home run balls, not throwing bombs. You got weapons. What's wrong with a little out pattern? You pick up seven or eight. So instead of coming to the line of scrimmage second and eight, it's second and three. Makes a difference. All's well that ends well. 
Why was the running game better on balance? We'll talk to Tunch Jilkin about that and other things. Tunch joins us next here on Savern on Sports. And the gift is to Bell. And Bell goes across the chuck for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. For Lev Bell, his second rushing touchdown of the year. And the Steelers now extend that lead into double digits. So Le'Veon Bell obviously having his biggest game of the season since uh, he uh, started. And uh, the Steelers with a uh, solid ground game against the Baltimore Ravens. We're joined now by Tunch Ilkin. Tunch, of course, called the game with Bill Hillgrove and Craig Wolfley on the Steelers radio network. And Tunch is brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. How are you, Tunch? I'm doing great, Stan. How about yourself? Doing okay. Doing very well. Um, why was the Steelers' run game better? Was it a matter of Bell finding his stride? Was it a matter of the offensive line? Was it a matter of the two really now, the line and Bell, kind of getting back on the same page and used to one another? Yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> uh, Stan. I mean, you, look, you, you couldn't help but notice um, that uh, – Le'Veon had rushed on him. You, you can't have, you can't be uh, starting the season without getting any reps in training camp uh, and be uh, where you need to be. It's just, uh, it is impossible. And so uh, I think he's that. I think he did. Uh, uh, I think he did find his stride. I think he did uh, start to feel the timing of the blocks and the creases. And I think the offensive line did a lot better. Uh, getting a nice push on the on the Ravens uh, front three and uh, and on their linebackers and and then one else thing uh, one thing else happened uh, Stan I think the Steelers were a lot more patient with the run and uh, and, and so uh, the more you hammer it the more you hammer it. one of the things that I thought that was a uh, a great uh, move on their part was when uh, and I kept talking about this throughout the broadcast yesterday is that they only had five. Uh, they only gave hats to five defensive linemen, and I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And uh, when you do that, you've, you, and if you've got a team that's going to pound the ball, excuse me, and then you running uh, double tights and uh, or two tights and a fullback, you're forcing uh, them to play three and sometimes four uh, defensive linemen based on your personnel groupings. And the fact that the Steelers uh, kept doing that and uh, kept running the ball, you could see uh, in the second half just when the guys, because their bench was right below the press, uh, the uh, radio booth where I was doing the game, I would watch them come off the, the field and I would watch them seated uh, at the end of the bench, which was right below us. Uh, and you could see the fatigue. You could see it in the body language. You could see the sense of, uh, the Steelers imposing their will upon the will of the Ravens. And, uh, and so when you're patient with the run like that, and they did that, uh, you know, they physically warm down. How much of a touch, maybe uh, in the same vein, the Steelers used six offensive linemen uh, a lot using B.J. Finney, because Hubbard's had a start at right tackle, and they used Rosie Nix a good bit 
um, at least later in the game. But back to the linemen, how much of uh, the Steelers' commitment to it and the reason for doing better was the six offensive linemen? Well, that, that's a huge part of it, uh, uh, Stan, and you know this as well as I do. Uh, today's tight end is just a big receiver. And so uh, if you want to get to the edge, you better have a big strapping tight end who can come off the ball. And, you know, in the defense of today's tight ends, they don't block in, in college like they used to, you know, like in our day. Uh, they're pass receivers. They're, you know, the, everything's from a spread offense. Everything's out of the shotgun. So there are fewer and fewer tight ends that come out of college that come off the ball with a flat back and uh, will take you off the ball. So you, you, you want a guy in that situation. And, you know, guys have been, a lot of teams have been doing this for years and years and years. Uh, you know, I was a short yardage tight end uh, in going and short yardage during my playing career. I'd move out to tight end and they'd bring uh, a backup offensive tackle in to uh, take the tackle reps. But when you do that with a guy like B.J. Finney, you know that, uh, that – if B.J. Finney is blocking either Matthew Judon or Terrell Suggs or Pernell McPhee, uh, whoever the – I mean, not, not Pernell McPhee, Zadarius Smith, whoever the outside uh, linebacker is, you like your chances in that one-on-one battle. It's not as good with Vance McDonald or with Jesse James there, so you want your offensive lineman out there, and, uh, and you kind of – in other words, said, hey, look, uh, this is going to be about physical football. We're coming after you. So you set the tone as an offense. Let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball, but let's stay on the line of scrimmage. Uh, a dominant performance by the front three. Um, they controlled the line of scrimmage. They dominated uh, the line of scrimmage. Uh, two of uh, the Ravens' two plays really uh, pumped up their, their yardage on the ground. And, you know, back in the day, going back, you know, 10 years ago or so, the Steelers had three terrific down linemen, Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, and Brett Kiesel. But by the definition of the defense, you know, they, they were only allowed to do so much when Keith Butler came in. He said, we're, you know, we're going to let our ends go a little bit. And right. maybe we're seeing the results of that. I mean, th- this group, it seems to me, and I realize that, that Yonda wasn't playing, but this group has the capability, despite what happened in Chicago, of being dominant. They certainly were yesterday. Yeah, you know, especially when both Stefan Tuitt and Cam are there. I mean, those, those guys are exceptional players. Uh, speed, athleticism, size, strength, and, and also uh, want to. I mean, you look at those guys. You look at Cam Hayward, man. He's got tremendous want to. He wants to make plays, and he was very, very dominant. Stephon Tewitt coming back from that bicep tear, uh, he was uh, 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 very dominant. You're right, and, and it is they're taking advantage of, uh, of their athleticism by letting them play a gap instead of playing, read the, you know, play two gaps, read the head of the offensive lineman, you, uh, and that's how you play accordingly. You know, they've got more freedom to uh, maybe uh, pick a side and take a gap and run a twist. And, you know, they're doing a lot more of that. And so that's why you see so many plays made in the backfield. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's a, it, the, this defense 
has the potential to be a really good one, and you can sense that they're getting better and better, and they're going to continue to get better as the season goes on. Touch, when you have your defensive ends, you say, uh, playing a gap instead of a two-gap situation, trying to control the guy, keep him off the linebackers, when they are doing like they're doing, and you know, really pushing people back into the backfield, Cam Hayward especially, how does that change the assignment or the responsibilities of the linebackers behind them? Well, you know, they're not. It's it's the same kind of responsibility. You know, the the way the Steve, the way Jerry Osafsky coaches those guys, he tells them, uh, you know, there's, there's there's kind of two two theories. Uh, uh, you know, in, in is uh, you know, uh, read if you're the, if you're the let's say that in a base three four, uh, you know, you're uncovered as the uh, uh, as the linebacker. You're reading through the guard to the running back, and and uh, your guard gives you first indicator, then the, uh, the then the running back will give you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The second indicator. Um, but I also think that, uh, you know, GAO also says, hey, look, just get see the ball and find it. So these guys... Even at the linebacker, they're, they're uh, more react than read and react. And then so one of the other things that, that's happening is you see, you see the penetration from the defensive line, and they're getting into the, uh, they're getting into the backfield, and uh, they're making big plays because of their athleticism. And, so, uh, and sometimes, look, here's the, the problem with playing it that way. If you guess wrong, and you take a side. Sometimes there's a huge gap, and we saw what happened with that uh, last week in Chicago in the second half. That there was, uh, uh, you know, guys overplayed uh, a lot of the runs, and so uh, you've got to be careful of that as well. Sorry, trains coming by me. I'm out in the park. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Well, uh, just one last question. Um, this offense has so many weapons and yet we really haven't seen it reach the at least anticipated level of performance. Right. Um, <clears throat> and we understand the running game's a big part of that, but looking through the four games, and you're 3-1, and one, by the way, three of the four are on the road. Let's keep that in mind. Um, right. Has Ben reached Ben-like levels yet? Does he still have a ways to go? Yeah, I, I think that there's, there, there might be uh, a ways to go uh, in uh, kind of um, – in that in that chemistry, you know, and and so uh, yeah, I, I think he would say, yeah, we're not where we, we we're not where we need to be, and we're nowhere near where we're gonna be, and um, and you know, to from my reaction to that is, you know, because people are calling our show as well and saying, hey, what's what, you know, kind of what's wrong with, you know, I'd rather them play their best football down the stretch. You don't want to. You don't want to hit that stride early, peak out, and then start stuttering, uh, you know, if, if you will. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I'm not worried about it. I think, you know, and Sanyu and I have talked about this. In, in today's NFL, nobody, play, nobody gets to play much. And, you, know, you, you know, when you think about 
been with his first team or 13 plays uh, in, uh, or 17, I think it was 17 or 13 plays in the preseason. That's not enough. You know, I mean, we, you know, in, in our day, we would play, you know, by the last preseason game, we'd play three quarters, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I like that better uh, because, you know, I always, the, 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 if I wasn't, if I didn't feel comfortable that I could go 60 minutes, uh, man, I would. That would get in my head a little bit. And the other part of it is, is my technique would be a lot better if uh, the more work I got in the preseason. So uh, I think that's gonna, you know, that's one of the things we're seeing. And I understand it. Look, you're scared to death that you're going to get one of your stars hurt. So I, I, I get it. Uh, uh, but this is one of the kind of consequences of, of not having your guys play a lot. Uh, or, you know, at all in the preseason, that you're gonna you're gonna have to fight through the doldrums, if you will, or early in the season. All right, Tunch. Um, while you're getting there, you might as well win games, which is uh, what they've done three out of four times. I appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy watching the game tape. I know that's a labor of love for you, and uh, we'll of course look for you for the ball game coming up on Sunday against Jacksonville. Thank you, Tunch. You know, Stan. Let me just say one more thing. Is, yeah. Is you you pointed something out, and I want to, and, and I don't think you can stress this enough. When you're winning football games and you're not at your best, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? That is a good yeah. sign of how good your football team is going to be. When you are playing great football and you're still losing games, that is a terrible sign. So uh, you'd rather have it this way. That's uh, uh, that's a fact. You de- definitely rather have it this way. So, uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's great being on, on with you, Stan, as always. All right, Tunch, thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. And, of course, Tunch and Wolf every day, tw- 10 to noon, before I come on right here on the Steelers Radio Network and Steelers Nation Radio. Thank you, Tunch. Tunch is- All right, brother. Take care. Tunch is brought to us by Calusi Chevrolet. The Steelers' defense is doing something at a record pace or a near-record pace, and it fits in with the narrative of the offseason if they want to get to the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what that is. That's coming up next. Also, it's your turn, 412-922-2874, pound 970. You can email Stan Saverin at iHeartMedia.com. You can post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports. Tweet at Stan Love the show. Thanks for joining us on the Monday Steeler edition. Now we'll do it next segment. Okay, we'll do it next segment. The trivia question. It's about the Steelers. That's all I'll tell you right now. Uh, thanks for joining us then. Savern on Sports. Baltimore 2 for 7 on third downs. Third and 13 at the 48. Flacco gets a shotgun snap. He's back and sack inside the 40. Flying through there was Bud Dupree. Look out. This game almost counts as like two because it's AFC uh, opponent and the AFC North opponent. So, you know, uh, coming here, you know, we haven't had all the success, but we were worried about just this game. Cam Hayward, what a monster game he had. Two sacks, just dominated the line of scrimmage. Two or two, you know, some of those sacks were created because of the push gotten by the two defensive ends. And four sacks yesterday gives them 15 on the year. I found this interesting. The Steelers, this is the first four games of a season. The most sacks they've ever gotten, and remember, sacks were not counted 
until the 1982 season, okay? They weren't an official stat. Who knows what happened in the 70s? Uh, but the Steelers' highest total of sacks through the first four games of a season came in 1983. They had 19 in the first four games. But the 2017 team has 15, and that's tied for second place with the great defense of 2008, Super Bowl champions, the great defense of 2005, Super Bowl champions, and 1982. That was a strike season, so we never know what would happen there. But this defense right now is tied for second for the most sacks in the first four games of any season, and two of those teams went on to win the Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to ask you the question again. I'll repeat it. Is this defense better than you anticipated? Yes, I know that the offenses they face have not been great. Maybe they won't see a real tough offense to deal with until Kansas City in two weeks. But still, is this defense better than you anticipated? 412-922-2874, pound 970. Sarcastic Sword joins us. Hello, Sword. Hey, Stan. How you doing? Doing good. What do you think? Is this defense better than you thought it would be? Uh, it's getting close to what I thought it would be. I don't think it's there yet, to be very honest with you. I think you're seeing a glimpse of what I've been saying all along, uh, especially when the, th- the front three get to play a little more with each other. The potential here is, is unreal, I think. The speed... Uh, you're seeing all the parts sort of coming together. I think Shazier, how, how do you explain that? Uh, every game the guy gets faster because he's, he's just more and more comfortable. You add Watt into that, a healthy to it. Uh, Dupree, you're seeing the potential here of something maybe we haven't seen around here ever, actually. I think uh, it gets you ready for quarterbacks like uh, Alex Smith and, and Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. You notice when, when Flacco had an extra second, the times he did, he could throw a dart. I mean, he put it right where it was meant to go. When he was under any duress, even if he wasn't hit, but he was getting close to being hit, how off his game becomes. And that's what we complained about all last year. If you remember, we were missing that second or two more of a rush that we're seeing the start of here. So that's where I think the, the, the greatest potential is. I uh, One other thing, I, I don't know how much you talked about it. I missed some of your beginning, but it was great to see Rosie Nix mixed in there on offense to go with Bell. I yeah, think I, think, nice... uh, I think a bigger factor was that not Rosie Nix, uh, but the fact that they use six offensive linemen a lot. Yeah, um, that too. Instead of a tight end, or, you know they they were using Finney. And just get back to your defense. This this stat I just dug up. This is interesting. You know you talk about the pass rush, and and here's why I bring that up. Sword, remember what the narrative was. If you think that you have to beat New England to get to the Super Bowl, and that may happen, but as Chuck Knoll once said, New England has many problems, and they are great. You know they're to be respected, but not feared. As I told people. Over yep. and over again, it wouldn't. I wouldn't even blink an eye. The Steelers would be that good to go into New England and beat them in Foxborough. I believed it then in June. I believe it now. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But we talk about the pass rush being the key so you can get to Brady and so on and so forth, and you can play more man-to-man so on. The Steelers, when they're in the nickel package, have allowed the fewest number of yards per play of any team wow. in the NFL. Now, that tells you you're wow. in sub-package football. That tells you you're throwing an extra DB in there. But the D-line and the linebackers have exerted such pressure that the Steelers yep. are number one in the NFL in fewest yards per play when they're in the nickel. That's what I'm telling. That front seven we've talked about it for I've, you know forever. We've been talking about. And you throw in Hilton. I mean the way Hilton out of nowhere. The <laughs> that that guy just that blur coming at you. I mean what what a great thing to watch. And lastly, I, I just touching on the offense stand. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, Martavius Bryant. Besides the speed he has, that extra ten or fifteen pounds that the guy put on. I think is really great in helping him across the middle. The physicality of those catches yesterday was really a pleasant surprise. We're used to seeing him go down and get missed by Ben, but that adds a whole dimension to his game. And he's still relatively a young guy receiver-wise. So the weight and the experience he's getting in the center of the field, the hits that he's taken is is impressive. I thought he had a very impressive game Yeah, without uh, catching a bomb down the sideline. And you know what? He stayed involved, too. Um, yeah. I, I was I was complaining about the play calling in the third period, and I'll, I'll quarter. I'll stand by that. Um, I, I just – seven first down plays in the third quarter, seven runs for a total mm-hmm. of 11 yards. Mix it up. Use the weapons you have. Uh, but the thing that uh, I liked, uh, what what made that more bothersome to me was they finally unleashed the other weapons in the attack, and I wanted to get to that. The Ravens have the football, right? And and they're not going anywhere. End of the first half. So they run a play. They don't get the first down. Tomlin uses a timeout. He has clock management issues, but that was a very good timeout. He used a timeout there, got the ball back, was able to run two plays before the two-minute warning, which led to a touchdown. And in that touchdown drive, what were the keys? Not Bell, not Bra- not uh, uh, Antonio Brown. Two passes in succession to Bryant, then the touchdown yep. pass to Juju Smith-Schuster. Use your weapons. They're there. Yep. Looking good, especially the defense. and going to be looking a lot better, Stan, I think, if they stay healthy. Yep. I'm with you, Sword. Thank you very much. Thank you, Stan. Okay, take care. Um, you know, just briefly touching on it, and we'll, we'll talk about it. A lot of people um, not thrilled about Antonio Brown uh, and his little tantrum there. Uh, I'm not going to make it a huge issue because it doesn't seem to bother the team. Um, but I know a lot of you don't like it, and a lot of you have said so in your Facebook and Twitter posts and so on and so forth. Um, and I don't like it either. Uh, I just, I just look, I think we're past the point where you can say or excuse that kind of behavior saying, well, he's a competitor, he wants to win. Tell me anybody on a National Football League roster that isn't a competitor. If you're not a competitor, you can't make the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or the NHL or anything. I mean, that's 
their talent, of course, but that's what sets them apart. So you can no longer say, excuse him by saying, well, he wants it. That's no way to represent it. If you've got a problem, you go to the quarterback and say, look, I was open on that play. But I also have to mention this. This comes from Charlie Batch, my partner on the Steelers postgame show, which I hope you listen to uh, on the Steelers radio network after the games. He said, this is Charlie Batch, a former player, teammate. He said, not only was Antonio Brown wrong for that kind of display, but he was wrong because he screwed up the, he screwed up the play. A.B. ran the wrong route. Batch was saying he recognized the plays. It's, you know, basically the same playbook. When he was playing, he said on that play, he's supposed to do this particular route. And he runs the route so that he can stay in the line of sight of the quarterback. Ben is scrambling a bit to his right. He's being pressured. He said if Brown would not have broken off his route, and sometimes there's justification for that, But he said in this particular case, when Brown broke off his route, Ben could no longer see him. Ben knows what each receiver is supposed to do. And if, if he's out of his sight, he has to assume that the wide receiver is running the route he's supposed to. Now, they make adjustments all the time, but they make the adjustments when the quarterback has full line of vision. Charlie said that when Brown broke off his broke off his route, then Ben at that point had no idea where he was. Now, if he'd have had time to back up a little bit, but he didn't because the rush was on him, he could have spotted Antonio Brown. And yes, he was wide open and in the clear. But Ben was rushed on the play. His line of vision was cut down because he's moving to his right. He diddidn't have time to look back and survey the entire field. So Antonio Brown ran the wrong route. That's why Ben couldn't get the ball to him because he didn't know where he was. They operate on faith and working together on this play. You run this route, I'll know where you are. If I don't know where you are because you broke off the route, then I can't get it to you. It's that simple. Everybody's a competitor. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to help the team win. But kicking over Gatorade coolers and calling out your quarterback is not the way to win. Are we going to break from football because a guy that we all watched and continue to watch is back in the NHL. Yaramir Yager has signed a deal. We'll tell you all about that. Then back to football at 1 o'clock. And I'm going to mention that the Steelers are in pretty good shape in the AFC. As of now, Savernon Sports. Back come the Penguins, and here's Yager with a breakaway. Yager coming to the Detroit end, and on goal, little move, and he shoots and scores. Yarmer Yager with his second, and the Penguins now lead by the score of six to three. All right, before we talk about Yarmer Yager, let's ask the trivia question. <laughs> I forgot. First correct caller wins a $25 gift certificate to the Carlton Restaurant. Purveyors of fine meat and fish in downtown Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell scored two touchdowns yesterday for the Steelers. Who holds the Steelers' single-season record for touchdown? Who has scored the most touchdown for the Steelers in one season? 
412-922-2874, pound 970. Come on ahead and win the gift certificate. <clears throat> um, Yaramir Yager waiting for someone to sign him. The St. Louis Blues apparently made a big offer to him over the weekend. But he had another offer, and reports are that it was for the same money, but he wanted to go to Calgary. So we almost got a chance to see him. I don't know if he would have played. I mean, after all, he hasn't practiced. He's always going to be in shape, but he signed with the Calgary Flames, and he'll be a member of the Flames, and uh, we'll get a chance to watch him play. Uh, injuries, assuming, are okay uh, on a couple of different occasions. Of course, the Penguins will play the Calgary Flames twice. The first one will be at Calgary on November the 2nd. So I expect to see Yarmir Yager. It's, it's nothing new anymore. We've seen him play against the Penguins for a long time um, in different uniforms. But he didn't have a great year last year. I'm surprised. I think Calgary, because they feel like they're an up-and-coming team, felt like, well, let's get some veteran leadership here. Let's get a veteran presence for all these young players. By the way, Calgary comes here on Monday, March the 5th. Long time away. By the way, uh, since we got a couple minutes to talk about some hockey before we get back to football, Patrick Hornquist was skating today. Mike Sullivan said after the practice that they want Hornquist to take part in a full practice before he plays. So they can have a full practice tomorrow, but the word is that he will not play. My guess is he probably will not play at the earliest until Saturday when they're at home against, guess who, the Nashville Predators. That'd be fitting. He scored the game-winning goal in Game 7, right? All right, coming up, more of your comments on the Steeler game. Mike Prezuda will join us at 1.30. I'm going to examine where the Steelers sit in the AFC. Again, the trivia question is still alive. Who holds the Steeler record for most touchdowns scored in one season? 412-922-2874, pound 970. We got more with Saverin on Sports. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.